Thank you so much to the worship team uh, for leading in that time together. Going to welcome David, David Butler, who's uh, come to speak to us this morning. So you're very welcome with us, David. Um, just would you find out a little bit about you, if that's all right. Yeah, okay. Um, tell us, uh, where, where have you come to us from this weekend? Uh, this weekend, I have come up from South Sea. Does anybody know where South Sea is? Where's it, where's it near, David? Well, it's the posh bit of Portsmouth. Okay, and uh, how have you found Norwich since, uh, since arriving in the dark hours of yesterday? Yes, I, I um, <laughs> uh, arrived by train uh, yesterday afternoon and I thought I'd have a lovely couple of hours going around your beautiful, pleasant city. But it was uh, dusk and uh, it was raining and uh, the signage... Uh, it took me an hour to find the cathedral from the train station. So uh, it was an interesting way to discover Norwich. And uh, you've, you've been out on the mission field yourself, is that right? Would you... uh, all sorts of mission fields, yeah. but uh, you're going to find this very hard to believe, but 40 years ago, four zero years ago, I was in what was then Zaire, uh, it's now the Democratic Republic of the Congo, between 81 and 83, and I was involved mainly with pastoral training, uh, in the medium of the French language, uh, but I was also doing um, preaching work in churches in Lingala and Babangi. And um, amazing, I was, I was in our Waitrose in South Sea the other day, and uh, an African uh, man who I've uh, bumped into from time to time greeted me in Lingala by, by my uh, African name, Morte Nkasa, and we had a chat in Lingala in the Isles of Waitrose. And I thought, well, it wasn't just 40 years ago, but uh, there is a, an ongoing living experience of uh, our time there. I've subsequently been um, uh, a missionary in the wilds of East England in a place called Essex. I had a couple of pastorates there. And uh, subsequent to pastoral ministry, I was a Royal Navy chaplain and I'm still involved with some veterans work amongst uh, Royal Navy personnel and uh, lots of other stuff as well. Brilliant. We, we look forward to what you've got to say to us today and we'll, we'll just pray for you thank as you. you do that. Father, we thank you for David and how you've used his life in different places in this world. And we pray, Lord, this morning that you would speak through him into our hearts and into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I bring to you the greetings of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Southsea, who are praying for us today. And um, you may be interested to know, as will probably come out in my talk in just a moment, that uh, our church building is right next to the main mosque in, in Portsmouth. And uh, so that, that does give us uh, opportunities and challenges. And our church building, which is enormous, um, was, it was bombed in the war, rebuilt. Uh, we've got far too large a premises for, for just us. And we, we have five churches using our building. And uh, we have on a, a Saturday evening, we, we have a Portuguese Assemblies of God congregation. And there are three African and Afro-Caribbean congregations uh, using the building as well as us on the Sunday. Uh, it's quite interesting, the, the Seed of Faith Church meets at the same time as us upstairs and sometimes the PA systems get crossed, which, which leads to some very interesting uh, occurrences. 
I'm going to uh, read to start with uh, from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 10. Jesus sending out the 12. And I'm reading verses 1 to 22 and then 32 to 41. Matthew 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who's called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven, but whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace on earth, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward.
May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word and may he grant the change in our hearts from the challenge. Amen. I'd like you to close your eyes for just a few moments and imagine. We've heard those very challenging words of Jesus. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Many of us have known the experience of what it's been like to be an isolated believer through the coronavirus pandemic. We felt perhaps separated and alone. Some are joining us today through the medium of uh, the broadcast service. Just remember how it felt at the worst of that lockdown period. We were unable to meet with others, to hug others, to worship publicly. And today, with gratitude, we have more freedom. And we think of the fact that some are always like this. Imagine sitting in church, but church is just your own home, alone. Not knowing another Christian. How would we grow? How would we worship? How would we get strength? As we've already heard today, some people have known what it is to have family and friends turn their back as they follow Jesus. They have no one to share with, no one to welcome. So we think of those in that situation. We give thanks for our own situations. And I now invite us to open our eyes, to look around, to connect with family, friends and fellowship. And we recognise in Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 12 that we are all one body. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Today, we're called to hear about and from that to pray and to give as we focus on courageous Christians who are sharing the good news in hard places. Those rejected by their families in all sorts of locations, but we particularly heard about the difficulties of Christians in North Africa. We've already heard the good news of church planters in Asia, house churches being founded. That amazing story of that village where there, were, where there are 30 families, and 22 families have already come to Christ. And uh, the believer there, the former per persecutor, isn't satisfied that only 22 families are now following Christ. Today as we focus on our isolated Christian brothers and sisters, we pray that they'll find other Christians to encourage them. And BMS World Mission, formerly the Baptist Missionary Society, I don't suppose anybody here is old enough to remember its original name, the particular Baptist Missionary Society for the propagation of the gospel amongst the heathen. <laughs> Just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? Anyway, BMS World Mission... Uh, is involved with mission on every level, but particularly in sharing the good news and supporting those who do so.
And uh, the challenge to us today is to find out about and pray and support BMS-supported ministries in reaching out. I love that uh, sliding scale of what you could give today, uh, going up to £1,000 to support a church worker. Well, there we go. So we pray today that thousands of people will experience the whole life transformation that the gospel can bring. One of the people that BMS workers were involved with is someone called Ali from North Africa. And Ali was a fairly militant, anti-Christian uh, Muslim. And he, he posted uh, on, the, on the web four things that he wanted Christians to know. First of all, God is unique in deity. Nobody can share that. Secondly, only God can satisfy needs. Why do you turn to Jesus, who is less strong than God? Thirdly, God has no son. Jesus was born to a woman, Mary. God was not born. And fourthly, God is not identical to anyone in creation. A rhetorical question, the sort that preachers answer, uh, uh, ask and don't really expect an answer. Now, how would you answer Ali with that militant boom, 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 boom? The Christian faith to him is incompatible with everything that he has been taught about God. But the challenge to us comes, how often do we take into account the beliefs of others to consider how to explain the faith? We have to know where they are, what their background is, what their mindset is, in order to respond, and that's whether they're Muslim or whatever. One of the uh, wonderful uh, Christians in the Middle East that we heard about in the video said this, I want to tell others about Jesus so that they too may know him. When I told my mother about my new faith, she wouldn't talk to me for five months. But I thank the Lord that the relationship was restored. I constantly tried to tell my family about Jesus. And because of that, my youngest brother accepted Christ and got baptised. We pray for such people and we accept the challenge in our own lives. Now, obviously, most of us in this country have got far more freedom in the United Kingdom to live out our faith. And BMS World Mission supports incredible believers in the world. We've heard about that today in the I Will Stand video. And we say today that Jesus is worth it all. They want to tell others that they may hear. And we want a world where this is possible for everyone, where Christian communities flourish and people are free to share about their faith. There are three ways in which each local church, each local Baptist church, can help starting to create this world. Firstly, by prayer, praying for believers, using the prayer points that you can find on the website. Now, I, I sent the links from the BMS website and from this church to a number of friends today. I took the, uh, the, the challenge to myself. And one of my finest critical friends wrote back and said, hey, there are only 57 followers on the BMS World Mission website. And he challenged me to challenge you to add a few noughts to that. So click on the link later and uh, sign up, will you? 
Also, we're called to give to BMS. There's the I Will Stand appeal, supporting Christians in hard conditions. And you can do so in the friendly old-fashioned way through the envelopes that are available or uh, via the links that I've said. And the third thing that we can all do is to share these stories on social media to encourage more people to pray and to give. As I said, when, when I was preparing this, and, I, and I, I shared a few weeks ago in, um, uh, in uh, East Sussex uh, on a similar thing to this, and I, I've sent the links to your church, to BMS and so on, to a number of family members and friends, not all of them card-carrying, born-again, Bible-believing Baptist Christians, and we all have contacts with people face-to-face, but we, we also, many of us, have got other contacts. So let's use those opportunities. Now, Paul, writing to a confused and troubled, if not a totally confused, uh, church at Corinth, says this, we are all one body. 1 Corinthians 12, I've already quoted this, says this, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. No, that's true today for us in this local church. And it must be true as well internationally. To know of the suffering, to share as much as we can, to care and to lead that to prayer. I repeat the very hard words of Jesus from Matthew 10. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This is a very strong call to assess our family relationships in the light of following Jesus, parents and children. It's amongst the hard, if not the hardest, sayings of Jesus. Of course, we all have responsibilities to our families, especially to our parents and children. But this also applies to our siblings and to other family members. As we've heard, at times believers are called on to make a stark choice. That was the case in the early church, and it's happened since. And many of our fellow believers in the Middle East and the Far East know the reality of that choice. Take up our cross is the challenge. Die to self for Christ's sake. The call is to pray for our family members. The call is to share to our family members. A number of years ago now, I had been a Christian for 20 years and I'd been praying for my family members every day. And after 20 years, there was no discernible result. And I got a bit cross. Now, I don't often get cross with the Lord, but on one particular day, I was cross. And I I gave him an ultimatum. I said, if I don't hear of any news about any of my family moving closer to knowing you, I'm going to give up praying for them every day. I'll give you a week, I said to the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm not very, I'm, I, think, I don't think I've ever been so bold with him. And after two or three days, the telephone rang in my study, and it was my auntie, who was my godmother, my mum's younger sister, and I've always been very close to my auntie. 
And she said, oh, I, David, I thought you'd be interested to know that your uncle and I have started to go to an alpha group at our local church. And uh, they went to the whole alpha course. Uh, they became committed Christians. They became church members. Wow. I no longer give the Lord ultimatums because that, that really was cheeky, but wow. And uh, yeah, I, you know, after 20 years, I really was despairing ever getting an answer to prayer. Now, I've got many other family members who are yet to attend Alpha courses or start going to church and so on, but that, that just shows, doesn't it? Now, let's go back to Ali and those four arguments. God is unique, he said. Only God can satisfy. You don't need Jesus. God has no son, and God is not identical to anyone in creation. Again, the rhetorical question. How would you answer Ali? The Christian faith to him was incompatible with everything he had been taught about God. Now, we as Christians would say, well, God is supremely unique and can be known in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God-man. God can satisfy us all the more because of Jesus. He is the mediator. To quote the old hymn, who every grief has known that wrings the human breast and takes and bears them for his own, that all in him may rest. And we would say the very nature of God is that he is a relationship of persons in and of himself. He's one at the same time, but he's also plural. And if you're in, engaged with sharing the faith with Muslims, you'll say that the plural word is used of God in the Quran, as it is in the Bible, and that we understand God to be Father, Son, and Spirit in an eternal relationship. But also that he's entered uniquely and fully into humanity in Jesus. These are complementary truths. Now, I've had the opportunity to share the faith, share what I'm talking about, the very nature of God, with a number of Muslims. And I have to say, they're intrigued, if not fascinated, by what I've been talking about. Uh, before COVID, I used to travel by bus in uh, the Portsmouth and South Sea area. And very often, I would meet uh, Muslim gentlemen uh, waiting for the bus on their way five times a day to the central mosque in, in, in Portsmouth. And uh, rather cheekily, I, I would um, start by greeting them in Arabic. I don't speak much Arabic, but I say hello, assalamu alaikum. And they looked stunned. And they said, are you Muslim? I said, no, I'm a Christian, but I can wish you God's peace. And from there, um, I start to uh, have the conversation. And invariably, they would say things like, oh, you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I said, well, yes, I do, but I actually believe it's far more than that. I actually believe that he's God the Son and that we can know him and so on. And uh, that it's... Um, Obvious that they've, they've not heard, many of these men, the gospel in that simple form, uh, despite having lived in South Sea for many, many years. There are opportunities to share if we take them. How often do we take into account the beliefs of others to consider how to explain the Christian faith? We need to listen, we need to understand, and then we share as we draw these thoughts to conclusion, 
we give thanks that we have been called into either a saving knowledge of God's people or we're here amongst God's people with an interest in being drawn to know him. We're called to pray. Those who are rejected by family, as we've heard, because of following Jesus. We're called to pray for church planters in Asia, facing persecution because of their faith and success. We pray for isolated Christians, especially those in the Middle East, that they might find fellowship and support. We pray for BMS-supported ministries working amongst those who are hostile to the gospel. Let's broaden our vision, widen our horizons, take the challenge to ourselves to witness to family and friends when we are, but also pray that thousands may be transformed through the ministries of the BMS-supported believers that we've been hearing about today. Let us expect great things from God. Let us attempt great things for him. Amen. Thank you, David. Some, some real <coughs> challenges there and things for us to think about uh, over the coming days. And we're going to pray into that now. Neil is going to come and lead us in some prayers, uh, reflecting on uh, some of the issues we've been hearing about. Morning, church. Put my glasses on. I don't see what I'm doing. Well, this is weird. I'm usually out the back eating things, but uh, here we are. Uh, it's also weird. On oh, actually, I mentioned that to Dave, and he made me smile. He said, "Well, at least it gives you an opportunity to make it a bit less noise." <laughs> so yeah. Um, also a bit strange. I'm leading prayers. You know, um, I've got to be honest and say that prayer is not my f- always my first go-to resource, and uh, I don't do it anywhere near enough. But anyway, I'd like to start by just uh, asking you a question. I mean, when I've sat there and people up here have been talking, I've, they've made me feel quite uncomfortable on more than one occasion. So today I've got one for you. And it is, to test your imagination again, um, imagine you have been born into, say, a Hindu or a Muslim uh, country, You only know that way of life. Um, Then someone comes and tells you about Jesus Christ. If you don't already know, you'll soon become aware. Chances are you're going to be ostracised. You might well lose friends, lose family members, as we heard earlier. Maybe lose your job maybe get imprisoned, tortured, maybe even you lose your life. My question is simply this. Could you, would you, be brave enough to sign up to Jesus? I'm not sure I'm that strong, if I'm honest. Okay, so, anyway. Can I ask you to... uh, just bow your heads for a, for a few seconds now and just, just ponder that question. 
we're, we're very, as Alan pointed, we're so fortunate and blessed in this country that we, we can worship Christ without worrying about police or soldiers coming in and chatting, you know, going through that malarkey. Others are not so blessed. So please just think about for a moment, what. put yourself in Ali's shoes, our friend Ali from before. Put yourself in his shoes. How would you respond if someone told you about Jesus Christ? I'll leave you for a few seconds just to think about that, yeah? Okay, so maybe we should uh, pray now. Lord, we want to pray for those who are or have been rejected by family, friends, employers, etc., etc., for following Jesus. The lost employment, social standing, the lives that have been lost. We pray for all those people, Father God. We also want to pray for those who are sent by often BMS and I guess other organisations to step out in faith as church planters. They who then become persecuted because of, because of obviously their faith and as we heard in Asia, the success that uh, is had by so many of those people who are prepared to step out in faith, despite all the odds. For those who have been assaulted, tortured and killed because of their faith. Father God, we also want to pray for isolated Christians. Wherever they are, they might be a neighbour. You know, anywhere in the world. And we pray that they would find some connection. They would find some fellowship with, with at least another Christian. Someone to share that faith with. My Lord, my God, we pray also for BMS's uh, seven supported ministries, which it actually boils down to what, what BMS do. And they come under the headings, I'm not going to go into them today, but... They come under the headings of church, development, education, health, justice, leadership and relief. Maybe that's a story for another day. But we pray for all the BMS ministries and all those who are working with those who are maybe hostile to the gospel. My Lord, my God, we pray that Many lives may be transformed through those ministries. And that the world, in all its parts, in all its remote corners, would come to know our Lord Jesus Christ. just want to close by also praying for David and people like David, BMS speakers, those who are going around the country spreading the word. And just want to quote for the last time, 
How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord, thy will be done. Amen. Our final song this morning features on the proclamation of the word of God and has the chorus, shout to the north and the south, sing to the east and the west, Jesus is saviour to all, Lord of heaven and earth. If you're able, please stand as we sing. Jesus is Savior to all.